nobleuschool.com. That's nobleuschool.com. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Relax, relax. I'm back. Uh, hopefully, you prayed for me wondering where I was. I was just down with the stomach crud for a couple of days and just took all my energy so I couldn't be here on uh, Monday or Tuesday, but back in the house. Uh, don't worry. Uh, the situation in Israel, which I'm just going to tell you to, to keep that in prayer. I've been talking to all my students about it this week. I will be talking about it. That's not going to be days. That's going to be weeks and most likely months. Uh, so I'll get back into that uh, starting next week. We'll be talking about that a lot. Uh, so if you have any interest in what I have to say, you're just going to have to hold your horses for a few days. Because uh, today I had an opportunity, my a dear friend Forrest, who has a chance to travel around the world, uh, I, for those of you old enough to to know this reference, uh, for me, Forrest is like E.F. Hutton. And when E.F. Hutton speaks, you have a tendency to listen. So Forrest has been a pilot and has been traveling to South Africa for several years. Uh, keeps talking about, actually, he won't shut up, keeps talking about this incredible uh, ministry in South Africa, uh, which I think is, is right there in Johannesburg. And it's called Ontatile, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a, a next generation, new kind of way of approaching how do you help uh, children who don't have a family and, and taking Bibles over there and doing all kinds of stuff. And he's, and he's always lit up like a, mm. a birthday cake when he comes back and he's talking about it. Okay. So then he told me his buddy Duncan was going to be coming to the country, uh, let alone with uh, a good chunk of his family and traveling around for several weeks and uh, is going to be here in Raleigh. They're actually coming to a, a fundraising dinner that we're having tomorrow night. So his name is Duncan Governor and uh, from Johannesburg. And you're already talking like an American. So we got to get you out of here as soon as possible. You're talking about Bucky's and bro and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's so nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, great, Steve. Thank you for having us. Okay, you walked in. I was immediately confused. So I want you to give everybody a history lesson. Because if you you think of South African and somebody that was born and raised in South Africa, you're either thinking uh, they look like Nelson Mandela or they look like Elon Musk. There we go. But you don't look like either of them. You look Indian. I am. So what's the deal? Yeah, so I am of Indian descent, but 100% South African. The story of South Africans coming to South Africa was, it goes back to about 160, 170 years ago, when the country was being co- colonized by the British. They had already done a job in, uh, in India, mm-hmm. and communication with the locals in South Africa was a challenge, because then they couldn't get them to do any work. So they uh, loaded up four ships of Indians, brought them to South Africa, and that became the indentured labor, uh, ah. laborers. So as soon as they got onto our shores, they gave them the sickle things, and they said, all right, you guys can cut the sugar cane. Get to work. And that's it. So Indians have been there 160 wow. years, and I've never been to India. I don't have any family there. <laughs> don't speak any of the languages. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so so you got a 160-year tie there to South Africa, which is fascinating. Uh, and then I asked you earlier, and, and we'll do this briefly, Mm. Uh, sometimes I think when somebody 
uh, be it you or your wife or your children involved with a, a Christian ministry like we're going to talk about with the Untatile Orphanage, uh, the assumption is you grew up in a Christian home, but you said you actually didn't. Nope, I didn't. Um, my dad took us to church, but never read the Bible with us, mm. never prayed with us. And he did that out of obligation because his mom was a, a believer. So uh, We would call him an American Christian. That's yeah. what that sounds like. I've heard that. Yes. I've heard that, yeah. So it's, it, essentially, we went to church. I did Sunday school, completed all of that, memory verses, and, and, and read the Bible. But uh, when 18 came along, uh, I made some bad decisions, mm-hmm. fo- followed the world. Uh, myself and my wife, Leanne, uh, are now married for 22 years. Amen. And uh, we were married in the church, but she's, she comes from a Hindu background. Ah. And it was, it was that journey of us um, getting married, uh, having kids, and she coming to the Lord first. Yeah. Wow. Right? And um, you can imagine when I grew up in a church <laughs> and she's coming from a Hindu yes. background. Yes. You can imagine that dynamic in the house. Pretty interesting. And um, the, the, the tipping point for me was when I had a massive vehicle accident in the year 2010. Wow. Um, uh, we were going through some things, a relationship, financial, all of that. And um, I was yeah, a massive car accident. I rolled the car 15 times. I was stuck wow. in there for six hours. And I had a, a series of, of operations on my right leg. And it was in that, lying in a hospital bed, when I had a conversation with God. Just, just very, very upset, saying, I'm trying to do some things for my family here, and you are taking that away from mm, me. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And um, it was that, that situation, that 10 months of rehab, and learning to walk again, wow. that's how I came, came to know the Lord. Amen. Whatever it takes. That's a hard prayer to pray for loved ones because sometimes they have to go through something horrific like exactly. you did. Yeah. Uh, but that's a pretty good exchange. It is. Looking I'll, I'll do it again. Uh, all right. Ontatile. How did this get on your radar screen? Yeah, Ontatile. So Ontatile is a children's ministry that was started by uh, Joel and Rachel Kirby. They are Native Americans that relocated to Johannesburg, South Africa, some uh, 12, 13 years ago, and um, the uh, the orphanage situation in South Africa is quite dire. There's currently an estimated 3 million orphan kids, and there's also a phenomenon... What's no- the population of South Africa? Uh, estimated 58 million people. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a high percentage. Yeah, and um, another stat I'll give you for free is the, uh, the unemployment rate is at 48% in the country. 48? Yes, unemployment rate. So God. you can see there's some things definitely yes. going on yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, in addition to the 3 million uh, orphaned kids, there's also a phenomenon called chi- child-headed households. What happens in those instances is when um, they, uh, a mom and a dad have a, have a bunch of kids, but they're not necessarily married. So the dad moves on. Very easy for him just to pack yeah. up and leave. Yeah. The mom now needs to go out and earn a salary, but she can't earn the salary in the village that they're living in. She needs to go to the city. So she leaves the kids at home. The eldest kids, mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking, if there are seven, if there's three kids, seven, five, and four, the eldest kid assumes the head of the household, yeah. provider, all of that. <clears throat> so the mom sends, sends money home, if, if so, or otherwise the community So literally they move to a city. Yes. And stay there. Exactly. And sometimes never come back, start an entire new life, life there. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's when the community notices there's something not right here. Why is this kids? Where's the parents? And that's when the social workers get involved. And because Ontatilia works with a network of uh, social workers, we get the call to say, there's a situation here. Can you guys respond in any wow. way? And that's Ontatile that was started by Joel and Rachel Kirby. He was a successful... What year was that? When did they start that? Uh, 2009. 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about Ontatile, what's actually going on there, uh, how you and your wife and your family got involved. How long have you been involved with Ontatile? Ontatile, we've we're familiar with the, with the ministry about 13 years and the family, but we're getting involved since 2020. 2020. Yeah. So I want to find out what you were doing before that. All right. And then we'll dive into this. This is a problem that is unfamiliar to most of us as Americans, but we need to learn more and then ask the big question: How do we help? We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. I didn't know that I was waiting for a war since I was young, but once you become a believer, you realize you are in one. Uh, certainly the people in Israel know they're, they're in war with uh, evil incarnate. And for us uh, today on the show, as we're talking to Duncan Govender, he's from South Africa, his wife and a couple of his kids are here. Three of his kids. Are, are they still over there? The, the kids that you guys are yep, uh, fostering? There. Okay, yep. they're over there. We're, we're going to talk about them here in a little bit. Uh, Ontatile is the orphanage there in Johannesburg. They have a huge, huge problem. And so this is uh, talking about a war on that kind of evil. When you have children that are abandoned, children who are left at home, when a mom or a dad takes off to go earn a living, some of them come back, some of them don't. <clears throat> so this is a massive problem in South Africa. So how do we wade into those waters as Christians? Uh, and the spiritual war is manifest in all different kinds of ways, and especially when it comes to children, whether we're talking about children being butchered in Israel or children being left behind and neglected in Johannesburg. It's it's all same, uh, same part of the big war. So, Duncan, it's great to have you here. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your humor. And uh, and for diving right in, you're doing a great job. Great, thanks again, Steve. Okay, so so Ontatile gets started by the Kirby's in 2009. Uh, you said you guys found out about it 13 years ago. How, how did you? How, how were you exposed to the ministry in the first place? So yeah, so Joel and Rachel, when they traveled to South Africa, um, essentially trying to source a, a ministry to get plugged into. Uh, when um, they, the pastor of our church. And um, Joel's wife, Rachel, were good friends. They went to school together. And that's essentially was part of uh. the reason that they, that they chose South Africa over and above the need and where the Lord led them. So that was like the relationship was already there yeah. and, and for them to plug into the local church. So how do you go uh, for you and your bride and your family? How do you go from knowing about it to involved? So Joel and Rachel are weird folk, just like me and my bride and my family. So we just clicked naturally when they came to our shores. We got to know their biological kids. He's got, they've got four biological kids, and they are currently uh, f adopting, uh, have adopted two, and four kids are coming. I noticed you noticing. keep, that's just a regular part of vernacular. Yeah. When we talked about how many kids we each have, and you said we have two biological kids and three foster kids. And you yeah. just did the same thing with the Kirby's. So yeah. this is obviously kind of a lifestyle it is which it really should be from a gospel perspective to a certain extent uh probably more of us should be involved with that than we are but but moving down the road and, and getting involved actively was there a particular moment oh, yeah. or an experience that you had yeah absolutely and covid in the year 2020 when myself and my wife were south africa had one of the hardest lockdowns yeah. through covid mm -hmm. right and um all of us were at home we weren't allowed to leave home and all of that when myself and my wife were just looking at gabby and declan they were growing up Next season of life, if they're going to leave home to study, what happens? How, 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 how is my wife and, and I going to be serving actively, serving in the church, yeah. but just being a good steward of this, of this next season that the Lord is going to bless that's us a great with? great question. And that's when Joel and Rachel and Antetile, being right on our doorstep, was like, we should ask these guys mm -hmm. if we could partner with them. And um, it was a funny conversation that we had, but they agreed first time that, yeah, it's, it just makes sense that we partner with them. And it's, it's, it's been a journey since... Uh, 
can I go ahead and explain yep, the model? Yep. Yeah. So the model of Ontatila is the it's it sits on a five-acre property, and uh, the plan is to is to build multiple dwellings so families can move on property and foster kids. So when you talk about families, what do you mean? Uh, families to live on property. So the adoption and foster situation in South Africa is quite unique in that historically what uh, folks were doing was they would buy big properties, they would get about 60 kids to come in and foster them there. They would get the, um, the government grant for each kid and squander the money. So the kids were malnutritioned, what, not living in good conditions. So the social yeah, we did a show on that exact problem about two months ago. Oh, cool. So that's the that, and that's you the majority know. of orphanages around the world. They're just yes. money making machines. That's it. Yeah. So what our uh, our model is, and it's also aligned to what the government is doing to curb the that situation, is you are only limited to have seven foster kids in your home. Mm. Right, Ontatile is a um, uh, a self funded uh, institute. We don't rely on any government funding or anything. Of Amen. That sort. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a big deal for an American. It is. It is here, even back uh, stateside. Yeah, I mean, so uh, South Africa side. Sorry. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, I know what you meant. And um, so yeah, that was essentially our partnership. And uh, the model is to have t- is to build multiple homes and for families, mainly church going families, because. What's, what's, what's a critical piece of our ministry is not just placing kids in homes, placing kids in godly homes. Yes, amen. Right? And we use the church network for that. So Antetile absolutely sits side, side by side, our local church, Antioch Bible Church, pastored by our Tim, Pastor Tim Cantrell. And we've got a few branches of Antetile. We've got Antetile, Florida, which is not your Florida. It's our Florida. And then we You're have— You're not allowed to have a Florida. We've had it first, I think. But that's that's a probably true. <laughs> and then we have a, an, an, uh, a branch of Ontotile in Soweto, which is a rural township. Mm. And we connect with those churches because there are tons of people that uh, are either thinking about for, uh, fostering, thinking yeah. about adoption, yeah. but they just don't know the questions to ask. So that's what Ontotile does. It just uses our networks with the social workers and have these networks of individuals and families that are considering it. And we have the security knowing that these kids are going to godly homes yeah. where they're going to be shared the gospel. Yeah, it's one thing to go into a home. It's another thing to go into a godly home. Because exactly. <clears throat> you can take care of kids physically, but if you're not taking care of them spiritually, Moham. there's no there's no eternal reward there. Yeah. It's temporal, it and, and, and we have to think that way, which is why we need to invade these spaces. So, But the main campus is in Johannesburg, and how many how many children are there currently? Uh, currently, there's so there's it's, it's a mix. There's uh, on, on a schooling day, there's 18 kids that are being schooled there. Uh, and these are kids of that Ontatila has either helped families to adopt mm-hmm. or foster, and they come there and do a homeschooling setup there daily. Now you're talking my language. So, yeah. uh, and then, and then, how many homes are you trying to build on the property to get to what capacity? The big plan is to build four homes on the property. It's taken us seven years because the property needed to be rezoned mm. for the purposes of building this. Yeah, and uh, South Africa, it some things just don't happen at the pace where it happens the rest of the world and some things need to happen money wise right of course right yeah and uh we obviously cannot do that it, this is a funded ministry we have to be good stewards of what uh, yeah. the donors are paying for right. so we don't play like that so it's taken us 7 years to get all of these um approvals the first house that myself and my family are moving on in is being built at the moment wow 
Um, I'll share with you the link, and the guys can follow the progress yeah, yeah. Of I've that. got. We're talking to Duncan Governor from Ontotile, <coughs> and I've got the website up on Rumble and on Facebook. But it's pretty easy. I just got to spell it for you. Ontotile.org is O N T H A T I L E. O N T H A T I L E. In American, that's Ontotile. Okay. O N T H A T H A T I L E. But I've got the links up on Rumble on Facebook, and so we'll talk more about that. Is it? Uh, Economically, how big are these houses? Uh, they are five-bedroom, modest houses. And how much does one of those cost to build in South Africa? Because I have no concept of the difference in the economy. Yeah, it's, it costs about 250000 For a five-bedroom house? Yeah. So that's a whale of a lot cheaper than America. We yeah. don't really have that option here for really? a five-bedroom house. Uh, no way. Not, mm-hmm. not for two hundred fifty grand, Unless you live out in the middle of the desert somewhere. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I want to talk more about that in the program. What, is the, what does the day look like? What does the week look like? Awesome. Uh, how can we get involved? There's a lot of those details I want to unpack. Sure. Uh, and, and then some stories. I'd love to hear some stories about some of the Ooh. families, some of the children involved. Uh, nothing uh, brings the power of testimony mm-hmm. in, in a story. <clears throat> uh, the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. the power of their testimony. Amen. So testimony is going to be... An important part of this conversation. We're talking to Duncan Governor Ontatile, which is in South Africa. O-N-T-H-A-T-I-L-E.org. The links are up at Rumble and Facebook. We'll talk about how we can all get involved when we come back right after this with Duncan. It's Steve Noble on what used to be the Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is the Duncan Governor Show. This is Steve Noble guest hosting uh, for Duncan, my new friend from South Africa, which, which, by the way, Duncan, whether you like me or I like you, doesn't really matter. We're stuck with each other for the rest of eternity because uh, Duncan's my brother in Christ and he and his family are in from South Africa. Ontatile is the incredible ministry reaching children there. They have a huge orphan problem in South Africa. Two point nine million Africa. Uh, Orphans in South Africa, 250,000 child-headed households because mom or dad, they're not there. They go off to work, and the oldest kid, 6, 7, 8, 10, takes care of the house. Uh, it represents over 14% of all the children in South Africa. Over 10,000 babies are abandoned in South Africa every year, and the need for godly foster and adoptive parents is tremendous, obviously. So that's why we're thrilled to have you in the studio today, mm-hmm. Duncan, Thank with you. your family and, and sharing about this. And we need to talk about how we can get involved as well. But I wanted you to share some stories so we can really personalize it beyond the, uh, you know, uh, frequently asked questions kind of part of a website. But but actual stories of, of people that are involved and people that have been affected. The website, by the way, so you can go check it out for yourself, which I hope you will. Ontatile.org, which is O-N-T-H-A. T-I-L-E dot org. O-N-T-H-A-T-I-L-E dot org. I've got the links up on Facebook Live and on Rumble as well. But tell us some stories, Duncan. Absolutely. So, yeah, there are some kids that are in the Kirby household that are on campus daily that have have some very unique stories. I'll tell you one or two of uh, a little girl that was found two days old. Mm. She was found in an open field. uh, Umbilical cord still attached attached to her, but thrown in a bush. How she was found is there was a group of kids kicking ball just a few feet away. They heard the baby crying. Man. They called some they called some adults and they they found the baby. And when the social system got involved, that's when they called Joel and Rachel Kirby and um they responded. And this young girl has been with them since she's been two days old. She's now foot and I think yeah, she's eleven years old. Wow. Yeah. And she's formally adopted <laughs> by them. Yeah. That's amazing. And then there's another one, another a uh, little boy, same situation, but he was found in a shopping bag. Thrown in a 
in a in a ditch somewhere. Is this? <clears throat> I hope it's not common. But is it terribly uncommon? Nope. Nope. There is there is an element of of disgrace when young girls get get pregnant out of wedlock and all of that and there's naturally there's an element of fear yeah. going back to dad yeah. but but when when uh in 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 african culture it's a big deal you've brought a massive disgrace on the entire family wow. so that is why these kids end up in this situation so you'll see somebody you know that was pregnant or maybe looks pregnant and then like after the, uh, after they do what they do and just have these kids and throw them in the field throw them away basically Literally. that's when you know what I mean? You know something has happened, yeah. and then this kid, the, the, that girl, was obviously her dad didn't agree with anything, or and or so a lot, like a lot of the children that are involved now with Ontatile are they're coming through uh, the existing program, and so that's how you kind of access them and bring them in. Do you do you, do, you, do you get to select at all who's coming? That sounds like a brutal process, mm. or do you just take what they send you? No, so yeah, we work with an active set of uh, social workers. So the social workers are essentially out there when the police are here for a situation, or if the hospital receives a, a kid that's either been abused or in in a, in a just a total neglective situation. Yeah. The, the the social workers are upfront, so that's they call us, mm. and that's how we respond. So no, there's no selection to it, anything like that. Joel and Rachel are the ones that essentially get the first call, yeah, yeah. and then if. The, uh, our system is still there to protect family. So once the kid is brought to us for a place of safety for a couple of days, the um, the entire uh, system is trying to r- look for family, look for uncle, Trying to aunts. reunite? There we go, yeah. And as as if nothing happens, that's when we use the church mm. network to say, or the social workers will say, somebody can foster and then adopt. Yeah. yeah. And so take us through kind of what an average week looks like uh, on site at Ontatile and the daily activities and what these kids are kind of uh, uh, are going through and how they're being taught, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. There's not enough time in the show to cover all of that, <laughs> but I'll try my best. So uh, the kids wake up in the morning. My I am fostering, uh, myself and my wife are fostering three kids right three, now. three, right? I'm looking yeah. at them. Yeah, so uh, they are nine-year-old and a set of twins, eleven-year-old. Uh, mm. uh, they are all they are biologically brother and sister, so they are with a, a, they are part of the ministry as well. So a typical day on campus is um, they live with us, so we take them down to school at Ontatile, and a few other families have kids that do school there as well. So as I said, eighteen. Uh, Joel and Rachel run such a well-oiled machine yeah. in terms of this, in th- this, and they just got such a good support structure in terms of how the school day is set up, how their playtime is set up, and all the people that are there just helping these kids get through a day. But it's uh, it's a busy day, but it's such a fun day. And it's and it's kind of like sounds like a, like a regular homeschool setup where you got kids across the age range. Absolutely, and you meet them where they're at. Yeah. You educate them accordingly. That's it. Yeah. And, and then do they do are they doing Bible studies or how are you kind of incorporating that in there? Yeah, everything. So there's um they are essentially doing the Abeka program. So home ah, home, yep. oh, homeschool program. Yep, we know it well. Yeah, that's that's cool. So all of that is built into that in terms of uh Bible reading, uh memory verse and and all of that. And it's just structured in a day. Their day starts at seven and I think it finishes at two thirty, three PM. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and do they go kids. back home to your place? Are there things there in the afternoon or the evenings? And what about the weekends? They swim. They love to swim. So <laughs> summer, summer. You, if you know anything about South Africa, eleven months of the year is essentially summer. Yeah, it's just hot. And so yeah, they they play. They piano. All of them are musically ah, inclined. Wow. Joel. Joe loves music. He's That's a deacon cool. at our church, by the way, and he leads the, the music ministry. Oh, yeah, so, excellent. Yeah, yeah, so all, all of the kids uh, play music, 
uh, yeah, it's just a fun day. And how can people get involved? I, I, I got to note that you actually yeah. have interns from the U.S. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Forrest and his bride are involved. And, and how can we help? Yeah, so essentially the sole reason for me and my family being stateside is to raise funds and make connections and contacts to introduce them to the ministry and share of the needs of the ministry. South Africa is a very unique country. Um, some of the needs are our 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 power grid is an aging, neglected power grid by our government. Power grid. Yeah. So we don't have power for 11 hours in a day sometimes. Wow. Yeah, because the the the, the grid just cannot That's provide the yeah. Yeah. the need. Literally can't. Yeah, exactly. So there's we uh, solar has gone big, battery power, all of that. Uh, alternative power solutions have now taken off, and we need all of those things on the ministry to essentially allow the kids yes. to do their homeschooling and and all of that. Then there's building costs that come up for these houses because right. that's the ministry's uh, responsibility. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars per house, exactly. And then there's schooling costs and there's transportation costs. So that's essentially our mission to the to the states is to. Let people know of the ministry, speak to as many church folks that we can, pastors, leaders, and just make connections. Let yeah. everybody know. That's part of the reason for Yeah, and that's another way. One yeah. of the things that you can do here, and, and I'm not responsible for what people do with this information, but yeah. I am responsible to pass it along and, mm. and lovingly and in a Christ-like manner as much as I can kick them in the butt. Because if, if you're <laughs> if you're responding to this and you're like, wow, this, this, I, this really is something that touches my heart. Uh, just assume I'll, I'll go with Henry Blackaby on this one. Just just mm. assume God's putting it on your radar screen. That's your invitation to, to join. And then what you do with the invitation is between you and the Lord. But uh, but this is something that if it's if it's pricking your heart, you should definitely start to uh, involve yourself and start to investigate uh, interns. People can people can come over and serve. Yes, they do that. Yes. So Antutila has a introduce um, you to their pastor, introduce you to their church. Yeah. Make and, connections. And they come. They come for a period of, of three months and they wow. absolutely slot into the ministry mm. in terms of teaching, serving the kids, playing with the kids, helping yeah. the kids. All and just, yeah. And um it's 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 church connected so there is an interview process uh if you go onto the inter onto the mm-hmm. the internet site you'd be able to see the opportunity for interns and you'll be able to apply there yeah so so yeah there's there's about us that tells you everything going on internships mm-hmm. current openings missions teams there's the donate button so all, the blog contact us and especially if this sounds like something your church or your pastor might be interested in, just to take the first step to get educated, you can go to the website and get that conversation started. Trust me, uh, apathy for a Christian is not an option. Mm. Uh, sometimes we say that hate is the opposite of love. I actually think apathy is the opposite of love. Okay. And and again, if, if God is knocking on your heart, uh, he's got something for you to do. And there's always a blessing in obedience. So make sure you follow that up. The website, O N T H A. T-I-L-E, ontatile.org, O-N-T-H-A-T-I-L-E.org. I'll keep the links up on Facebook Live and Rumble. we got about a minute left, Duncan, so just invite people to get involved, whatever you want to say to the people that are listening and watching. Yeah, I think if uh, if I can just put a couple of requests out, requests for prayer. The, the Lord has been so gracious to me mm-hmm. and my family for the past four weeks that we've been here. We're just so grateful for safe travel mercies and just uh, the amount of Christians that we've met and like-minded individuals that are just so keen to get involved. So we are thankful the way uh, many people have opened their homes, their doors, their churches to us. And we are so grateful for that. Um, and yeah, go, go, go in, check, 
check the website out. You'll see all the needs that are on there. And um, yeah, I'm sure Steve will have my details if you need to connect with me, with me directly. I'm looking for friends. I can set that up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I can tell. Uh, Steve <laughs> at the stevenobleshow.com is easy. That's my email. And I'll, cl- I'll connect you directly with Duncan and the team there at Ontatile. Steve at the stevenobleshow.org. And let's just pray as well. Uh, as you head back, we'll just pray for God to continue to bless and provide Thank for Ontatile. Duncan, thanks for coming. Thanks for your time. Thank and, you, Steve. Uh, we look forward- and by the way, you don't have to be in America to uh, be on the show. So you can always call in. We'll figure it out. That's awesome. Thank uh, you, Podcast, Steve. whatever the case may be. Thanks for being here. Thanks for playing and thanks for being the new host. Duncan's Ta-da. got his own sign up on the TV now, the Duncan Governor Show. Ta-da. Okay, congratulations. So a double blessing. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Good to be back in the studio. Had the stomach crud over the weekend, and it was almost like a COVID kind of experience because then I just, I haven't slept well in a couple of days and uh, have been really weak. I mean, I had to teach my classes yesterday and today actually sitting down, which is highly abnormal for somebody with uh, my level of energy, but I'm doing much better now. It's good to be back in the studio. So we uh, missed our good buddy, David Fisher on Monday, but we're back in the house and thank you, David, for your flexibility. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm always flexible for you, my friend. Thank you. I deeply appreciate that as always. And I'm flying a little bit blind here. I can't find our email exchange today, so I'm just going to lean on you to set things up. And I'll respond appropriately, but I know we're going to start with the passage of Scripture, so let's go there first. Absolutely. Uh, So the passage of Scripture is out of Proverbs 23, 7, and it says, As a man thinketh, so is he. So I, I was reading an article, Steve, out of the Epoch Times in the health section, and I was really amazed at uh, what this, the psychologists found out when they surveyed believers on the health, how healthy they were because how they thought. The, they said uh, that the brain actually can continue to grow and change and develop throughout life. Uh, there's a study that they actually did on adults called neurogenesis, and it is a study that says how healthy your brain is and nimble it is. Hmm. So they did three control groups. They call it your a locus control. Uh, one was an external focus where people have believed that their lives were defined by circumstances. In other words, life just happens to them. There is nothing they could do about that. The second focus group, or locus group, they call it, is the belief that we are defined, our lives are defined by our decisions and actions. And the third one is the category that you and I focus in, is a spiritual locus control group, people who believe that their lives are governed by defined, uh, divine, I'm reading from the article here, so we'd use different terminology, but are, have close connection to their faith and their faith is derived from the actions and their choices. Mm. What was found out is that those people that had the spiritual uh, belief had a much uh, better lifestyle. They suffered less from migraines, less diabetes, less kidney disease, epilepsy, Parkinson, obesity. The list goes on and on. 
So as we think, and this is not a believe yourself right. into health, right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that as God directs our path, because the Bible says our paths of a righteous man are ordered by God, but we need to also believe as we think that God is in control of our lives and we take a step to take that step out of faith, that is actually causes us to have healthy brain function and live a healthy, prosperous life. Yeah, and I think that we're you know, and I, I'm glad you said that, David. We're not talking about manifesting things. We're not talking about the health nope. and prosperity gospel. We're just talking about putting your faith in God, trusting Him, and then it's okay to be optimistic. And we should uh, lean into the truths of God's Word because that is the way that you walk through this crazy world. Whether we're talking about Israel or your own health, whatever the situation may be, but but it's psychosomatic. So it, that's I love that article. Please send that to me, David, because it it shows you when you keep your heart and your mind focused on God, there are blessings that come along with that. And that that's going to affect your body. We know that we know that physiological stuff, the way you think in your head uh, is going to affect your, your physicality. And, and again, we're not talking about health and, and wealth and prosperity stuff here. Just the realities of having your, your mind set on the things of God. And there will be blessings that flow out of that. That's such a great point, David. I appreciate you bringing that up. OK, like I said, I'm flying a little blind. So what's our first point today? So I want to talk about uh, a little bit what's going on with, I got some new debt numbers here on the government because of time we're going to forego another question about what's going on with the markets with the, the war. Because the markets are kind of, I'll just touch base yeah, on that for yeah. a moment. They're just all over the place. Initially on Monday, they were down a whole bunch. Oil was up three and a half percent. Gold was up a lot. Gold's been up and silver been up all three days, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, and yep. Wednesday. Stocks were down Monday. They were up yesterday. They were up or they were down this morning. They were up this this <laughs> afternoon. Crazy. They were like a roller coaster. So we're just in this environment where, you know, as we move closer to possibly getting involved in this war because they sent over four major ships over there. Now, this yep. is not a political in, interview or anything like this. And it's going to cost more money. And that's where really what the focus is all about as far as what I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. The debt. I got new numbers because they oh, just boy. got released. I was starting to feel better, David. Now we got to talk about the U.S. debt. <laughs> Sorry about uh, So maybe you should sit down if you're not sitting down. <laughs> I'm ready. listening to my voice. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so it took the United States 232 years to rack up the first $10 trillion in debt. We added another $10 trillion in nine years following the 2008 crisis. It took four more years to add another trillion. From <laughs> These numbers are just accelerating here. Yes, yes. In June of this year, the debt hit $31 trillion. Today, four months later, we're $2 trillion higher. $2 trillion in four months. Four months. <laughs> On September 15th, we hit the $33 trillion, and on October 5th, it was $33,500,000,000,000. Uh, so we added a half a trillion dollars in just 20 days. Oh, it took yeah. 200 years for the debt to go to $500 billion or half a trillion, and we just grew it in 20 days. Yeah. It's completely unsustainable, and we see what's happening with the interest rates, and 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 the chickens are coming home to roost uh, all over the place, and 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 that that's really scary. We call that, by the way, if you put that on a graph, we would call that a, a hockey stick graph, yep. because it's going exactly. and going and going, and all of a sudden it takes a sharp turn and goes skyrocketing up, and that's exactly what's happening. 
so we have some people, you're exactly right, Steve, and there's people that are coming out of the woodwork for the last six months have been talking about this, and there's a guy who's a brother in the Lord. He's, he's a billionaire. His name is Paul Tudor Jones. I've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. He's an iconic hedge fund manager. He gives so much money to charity. God has really blessed this man, and he blesses people. He said on Tuesday morning on CNBC that, quote, you could get a World War cascading where everyone gets involved. Right now, it's hard to like stocks. I like Bitcoin and gold. Wow. He goes on and says this. You've got this geopolitical uncertainty. While that is happening, the United States is probably in its weakest fiscal position financially since World War II with a debt-to-GDP at 122%. He goes on and says that at the rate that we are at, we would have to grow the economy twice as much to get our debt under control. And that is just an impossible thing. There's no way the economy is going to double. It's no. never done anything close to that. No. Uh, a 5% increase is a huge increase huge. in right. growing the economy. We're talking about doubling the economic growth of the United States yeah, is the can't. only way they're saying to get out of this debt structure. The other choices that were in this article, default and hyperinflation, I'll throw yeah. two more in there. Yeah a bail-in, or they back our currency by gold because that would stop the overspending. Right. You can't create money out of thin right. air anymore. You can't, have to have can't gold. Print it. That's right. So Yeah, and, that's, and, you, and thank you for doing that because you always do that, David. You bring in what the big money has to say. I, I, have, the, I have our email in front of me, by the way. So, so, yeah, you always bring in the big money because you go, okay, there's what us people, the regular folks down here in the in – the, us plebeians out here in the world. And then you've got people that have been at it for a quarter of a century like you, David. And then you've got some of the biggest players out there, billionaires. And you need to listen. We need to listen to what billionaires say because they didn't become billionaires by accident. And he's telling us, and what I'm not saying is put all your money into gold, sell all your stocks, even though he says, I don't like stocks right now. And I like Bitcoin and gold. He's, I'm not telling you, and I'm not saying this is the right thing to have all your money in gold. But what I am saying, and I'm saying very clearly, is that more than ever, I cannot stress how bad the financial situation is for the country. It's nothing ever. The, the performance of the government getting out of this mess is going to be impossible. There's, there's no way out of it. There's going to be a financial calamity, and it's so important, and the big money is saying you got to have gold now. So call my company and learn about that, because gold has made huge strides of going up here recently, and the physical, that's the index, and the physical markets have moved up 25-plus yeah. percent this year. So we're going to have higher prices as we move in, in gold and silver, as we move into this currency crisis, as we move into a debt crisis, as we move further down the road. Those are going to be bad for stocks, good for gold. Call my company and learn about that. There's no obligation. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the things I just want to remind everybody. And next week, David, when we have a chance, let's, let's talk about the difference between like you pull up your Yahoo News app and you look, go to the finance section and it says gold and it shows gold. That's not physical gold. That's 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 gold on the market. So we're going to talk about the difference there. It's so important to note that. But just to get that educational process started, David, how do people contact you? Simple, 844 
844-604-2575. Give us a call at 844-604-2575 or our website, landmarkgold.com. Excellent, David. I look forward to talking to you again next Monday. Thanks for your flexibility, my friend. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Feel good, my friend. Love you. All right, pal. Love you, too. That was David Fisher, our good friend, always helping us understand these complex situations. It's not pretty, and the the word he's going to use every week is diversify, and then education. So if you want to check that out, you can get a hold of him. His website, landmarkgold.com, landmarkgold.com. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. We'll be back tomorrow with Theology Thursday. God willing, I'll talk to you then. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.